0: and welcome to episode 26 of the Baseball from Home podcast. I'm Connor McKnight, he's Joe Brand, and we're brought to you by the House of L Podcast Network. I've been covering baseball for radio stations in Chicago the last 10 years. Joe's been broadcasting minor league baseball for the past nine. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for WGN Radio. You can find us both on Twitter... I'm at C1McKnight. He is at Joe underscore brand one. Uh, It's been a minute for us since we've done our last podcast. There's a reason for that. It's because uh, my furnace broke at the house. So there was a a big scramble, a to-do, as it were, to get that whole system repaired. So uh, here are the X's and O's on what we'd like you to do with this podcast. Subscribe and rate it and review it. We like it, and you like it, so you might as well subscribe, rate, and review the thing. it would help us out and get it to more people who want to listen to us yap about baseball. Every show we cover the Cubs, we cover the White Sox in no particular order. Uh, obviously, we're going to cover a lot of the World Series here in this broadcast show because we've crowned a champion. 2020 belongs to the Dodgers for the first time since 1988, and, and that's it. That's all there is to talk about. Those are the only storylines... Coming out of the 2020 World Series. Thank God.
1: Definitely nothing uh, irrational or very conflicting happened in Game 6 whatsoever. That That's not a case at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Connor, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball playoffs have never seen three Game 7s, and I thought we were going to see it this year. Oh. It would have been cool, and it almost looked like one team was trying to make that happen but it wasn't quite in the cards. But uh, a, a fun end to the season, I, I would say.
0: Although if there had been a Game 7 in the World Series, we might have had to wait two weeks for it.
1: That is very true. That's, that's the crazy part. Good thing that it didn't happen
0: then. And if, and if you're listening to this, you probably have already heard because everyone heard when, when Rob Manford heard after the game, after Game 6, Justin Turner tested positive for COVID, and that's why he was removed in the 8th inning. Uh, we're going to dig into that, but I should let you know before we do, None of this would be possible without David Hochberg and all of the fine folks at Team Hochberg. Not only would I not have a roof over my head, but they also sponsor the House of L Podcast Network and our show as well. I use Team Hochberg to help me wrap up the mortgage from my spot in Wicker Park. I was actually, I I took the chance, uh, put a mask on and went to get my hair cut the other day. And I've been friends with a woman who cuts my hair for a, a good long time. She and her wife are looking into buying a home and wasn't really happy with with where they were trying to get a mortgage from. She kind of thought, "Oh, we'll just use the bank that we bank at because that's what one does." And I was like, "Oh no. Hold on. You you should call Kevin, my guy, over at, at Team Hawkberg, because they understand what it is to work with unusual circumstances. I certainly had one, you know, financially and job-wise, what with, you know, working in radio and all this kind of weird stuff that I was up to at the time. They've got a similar weird thing going on, a whole bunch of hoops to jump through, as everyone does right now with this whole COVID thing. But Team Hochberg gets that, and I would say that one of their specialties is making sure that they understand all the different nuances that go into your home-buying process, and they're experts at figuring out what you need to backstop your purchase of a new home. You should give them a call. 855 56 David. Or head to the website at 56david.com. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS 1124061. So, Joe, the Dodgers win in 2020. However, for most, it takes some discomfort, some cognitive dissonance to celebrate the Dodgers as 2020 champions because after 58 days without a single positive test from within Major League Baseball, Justin Turner was pulled from Game 6 in the eighth inning after testing positive in the second and ignoring all of it to come back out on the field and celebrate with his team after the franchise won its first piece of medal. Oh, I'm sorry. First Commissioner's Trophy since 1988. I have the statement from Major League Baseball. We'll read that in a second. But I got to ask you this, Joe. As you were sitting there watching game six come down, I was, I don't know if you were like me, but I was sure that all we were going to be talking about was Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell from that game. Then after it's over, I watched Clayton Kershaw come out of the bullpen as excited as he could be. I mean, that was the one thing, my top thing, other than the White Sox or Cubs going as deep as they could in this postseason. My one thing I really wanted out of 2020 was Clayton Kershaw getting a ring already. So he's got that. But on my phone, <laughs> I'm scrolling through Twitter seeing the positive COVID test of Justin Turner and thinking, of course, 2020 is not allowed to have nice things. It's just not. Everyone's instant
1: reaction was just, uh, what? Uh, How? In the number of days that you mentioned, where there were no positive COVID tests leading up until Game Six, yeah, it's ludicrous that it that it happened. But just the fashion that it happened, that the fact that scientists could get results of a previous test and release those to the team mid-game, like that, that's what astounds me. How had how had that not happen earlier? in the playoff run. How is this the first time that that scenario happened? Because it it looked like, so, okay, it was was Turner's test on Monday that possibly was going to be a positive, and then they went into Tuesday's test, and that's when they found out by the sixth inning, oh, yeah, he tested positive for COVID. Yank him now. I just don't get how that happens in the World Series if it didn't happen at all earlier in the playoff run.
0: It's truly bizarre, and that's so apparently – Major League Baseball is, is telling, you know, Ken Rosenthal and telling Bob Nightingale and telling Jeff Passan that the test was inconclusive, right? Turner's test was inconclusive. That then triggers a retest. And then if that the retest comes back positive, then you've got your positive test. What we don't quite understand, or at least what hasn't been talked about out loud yet, is whether there had been other inconclusive tests throughout the postseason or even in those 58 days, because the, you know, the postseason is shorter than the 58-day period that the baseball didn't have a positive test, what other inconclusive tests did you have? What were the protocols there? Why was Turner allowed to play with an inconclusive test? Whose decisions were these? And I say it that way because I, I have to imagine they're, they're plural at some point, right? Did I, I know a lot have talked about it, but I can't help but bring it up. When Rob Manfred's on the field doing his, you know, the post-game wrap-up and Dodger fans and Rays fans are booing him because he's the commissioner of baseball and commissioners get booed, he talked about how glad he was to get this over with, to get this done, to have gotten through this. And I can't help but think, did you know? I mean, were you just pushing for this? Because truly, what does happen with Game 7 if the Rays win and you've got Justin Turner having logged a positive test? That postponed games throughout the regular season. Are you willing to wait two weeks to have World Series Game 7?
1: My initial thinking is no, he didn't know that, only because you can get away with it If you find out about the inconclusive before the game, it was an off day. The test is from Monday. Maybe he was with the family. Let's get all these guys tested right now so we can decide right here and right now whether or not we got to delay the rest of the series two more weeks. But if that series gets pushed to game seven, there's really no way around that because not only had he been playing in previous games, he had been playing in that game that he was quote unquote inconclusive or had tested positive or whatever it had been, I almost for a split second wondered like, m- maybe is this one of those things where they do find out and they bring it up to Turner and Turner like pleads, no, you gotta let me play, you gotta let me play, kind of like a hurt in- uh, situation. But why would they yank him in a one run game? Uh, those kind of reasonings don't really add up. It's just, it's ludicrous, everything around it. Again, just the fact that they can find out mid game of something that should have been decided before the game had even started and then they play reactionary more than cuz what what do we talk about with it was the Marlins right the Marlins were the team that had some positive tests or possible positive tests and still decided to play. They had the text chains, right? Yes.
0: They had the text chain where they decided, like, the players just decided, ah, it's fine, we got four guys, but it's fine, it's fine. I mean, fine. that's
1: that's kind of what the situation seems like on a smaller scale, but it's tough to say a smaller scale when it's Game 6 of the World Series. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's very, very lucky that it didn't go to Game 7. Could you imagine waiting two weeks to play one more game that would decide
0: it all for both teams? You know what? I so I was thinking about that. Here's what I think happens. If if you were able to do it this way, right? If you if you could throw the logistics out the window and just kind of wish cast this. I think if you if you're Major League Baseball and you've got Justin Turner's positive COVID test in one hand at some point during the game. Rob Manfred comes down from the rafters, right? He's lowered down like Sting at a WWE event or something like that back in the early 2000s. And he goes, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Everybody stop. Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. What do you guys want to do from here? (laughs) If one of the options were everybody in the bubble goes home but the players and the essential manager staff, and every one of you players just signs a thing that says, eh, the hell with it. If I get COVID, I get COVID. We're going to finish this game, and we're going to finish game seven tomorrow. I guarantee you every single one of those players – Signs that. I guarantee you every single one of those coaches and training staff and front office members signs that. Because you've already gone through the funnel where guys were going to opt out. You send all of your family home, the expanded bubble and everything like that. Ah, too bad. you got to wait two weeks to see them. But I really do think that all of these players are already in the mindset of, eh, The hell with it. And I've got evidence to back it up, right? You saw what Corey Seager said after the game. How are you going to take the celebration away from that man? The guy who came over as a minor league free agent reshaped his swing. Other than Clayton Kershaw, and I think one other guy, he's the longest tenured Dodger. The respect for this guy is off the charts, at least from a baseball standpoint. I've got more evidence, too. I used to you know, Alex Brown, the, the former Bears. he does a great job on the NBC Sports Chicago. I yeah. I did a couple of po- Bears post-game shows with him, or pre-game shows with him, back in the day. And it was right at the height of all the concussion conversation, right? I think the movie was about to come out. It was, you know, we were really in a, in a fever pitch about um, the concussion conversation as it regards the NFL. And, you know, I was just kind of asking the NFL players that I would run into every now and again, the retired ones. And I said, Alex, if if they gave you the waiver and told you everything that could happen with, you know, CTE and post-concussion syndrome and just the, the you know, what, what could really happen here? If they told you straight up what could happen, would you sign the waiver and play your career the way you played it? And he looks at me and goes, absolutely. And so would every other guy, he didn't say guy, every other guy I know. I'm not saying... I'm excusing Justin Turner's behavior. But if you don't think it's understandable, you're crazy. I mean, if you can't understand where he or the Dodgers or baseball or even Rob freaking Manfred was coming from, you're, you're just not thinking hard enough. And, it's, and it truly doesn't take that much to put yourself in their shoes. They're just trying to finish what they started and something that means so much to them. You can't understand it even if you don't have to forgive it.
1: Although I'm entertained by the idea of Rob Manfred being basically Punch's pilot and saying, all right, choose this way or the other way, uh, I, I will pull out some flaws in your idea. Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> there, there's a few. I mean, number one, even if you send the extended bubble home, I mean, they were still socializing with all the people that may or may not have had COVID at the time. And I think what it comes down to is it's a bad look for baseball because then it's just saying, well, we care more about... Baseball than the health of these players. Again, I'm not saying that's what you are saying. Well,
0: no, but didn't we know that? Like, I know they're gonna take a PR bath. Don't don't we know that already? Kind of like even if they do this investigation, right? Major League Baseball said, ah, oh, we're gonna investigate how this could have happened. I'm not okay, great. Go ahead and investigate. At the end of the day, I still know you're gonna make the decision. For in, in the best interest of playing the games, not necessarily the health of the players or the health of those in the bubble. True. We know that. True. I, I mean,
1: they can't publicly do that. Is what I'm saying. I, we all understand. Not. Yeah, that's but Yeah, fair. they that's can't fair. come out and say that. The whole Justin Turner celebration thing. Uh, I think Jeff Passan talked about it a lot. How you know you can you can see the people going extremely one way or extremely the other way or in the middle somewhere and. And you're going to offend somebody no matter what, and I'm not making that argue, or I'm not making the statement because of that argument. Basically, what it comes down to is, yes. Like the the first thing I thought about when I read that was not what is Justin Turner's lingering health going to be years down from the line. It's oh man, that really sucks for a guy that's put his heart and soul into this team that can't. I mean, that's what you play for. That is what you play for. And I get it. It's it's for the championship stage, but it's it's just to have that. Jubilation—that experience that you don't get unless you win it all. It's—it's it's everything about it. It's yeah. celebrating in the bus afterwards. It's—it's it's pr- spraying champagne and everyone. And even if you get a ring and you know, uh, get a picture with the World Series trophy, if you get deprived of that, the only other way to get it again is by winning. So it's—it's. It's, he already understands how difficult that is to happen. I'm with you there. Um, I don't know, I mean, you, you just maybe expect them to keep the mask on a little bit. If, if someone comes up, be like, hey, sorry, can't give you a hug right now. Like, I, I think everyone would understand that. But again, I'm, I'm, it, it'd be tough for me to say I, wouldn't, I would not be able to do all that.
0: It's, it's amazing that the end of the 2020 season is exactly the picture of the Dodgers that they took, right? I mean, it could have been Kershaw it could have been, you know, Corey Seager's coming out. He's the first shortstop in World Series history to win the series MVP. i That's insane to me. Wow, that is crazy. Still, the, the, the indelible moment of this whole season is you're going to see the championship photo there in the halls of Dodger Stadium and there's Justin Turner having had a positive COVID test right in between His manager, Dave Roberts, the World Series trophy, and his general manager, Andrew Friedman. That's, I mean, you couldn't have drawn this out better. That's like when Sandlot ends and it fades to the photo of the kids in the old Sandlot. Sum it up. You couldn't possibly sum it up any better than that.
1: Well, see, I'll try to one-up you here. What if he's just two feet away from the whole crowd with his mask on, I, I think that'd be one of the most iconic pictures ever because everyone would remember who Justin Turner is at that point, even though they wouldn't be able to see him. Clearly, his he's very recognizable with his beard and his whole look and everything. But, I mean, that that would even be more of a, uh, a summarization of 2020. I mean, maybe put a bottle of hand sanitizer next to him or something. Right. But if you're just properly socially distant from the entire team with a mask on, like how many kids at... At, would go to the Hall of Fame and be mom, dad, who's that? Like, well, in 2020, blah blah blah. This is Justin Turner.
0: You could do like the panoramic photo where he's on the one end, and then as you as you as you move the camera, he runs behind everybody six feet away, and then he's on the other side of the camera or the other side of the picture did somebody, too. Did somebody do that at your high school for the class high school? Photo? Oh God, no, we weren't taking panoramic photos. I was. I'm much older than that. I don't know that we. I mean, we took... I think there were lithographs that we took of our high school senior class. I think I think we etched them into copper and then tossed them into the acid so as to etch them onto the metal plate. I think that's how I, high school photo was actually taken. I, I think what's... I, I do kind of want to leave the COVID thing behind only because we knew from the get-go that this whole season was going to be preposterously complicated. And it is. You know what I mean? Like the the moment you and I started this podcast, it was, you know, we kind of celebrated the fact that, yeah, we're going to throw our hands up a lot and say, I, I don't know, because how can you possibly? So in a way, we really shouldn't be amazed that here we are at the end of the season going, well, I can't believe we got here, but Jesus, I don't know what happens next. You know, like, that's that's just where we're at. That's just what 2020 has been. I kept thinking this
1: year of, how much I like the Rays, and how much I'd like to see the Rays win the World Series. And it's like, yeah, but I really would like to see Kershaw win it, I'd like to see the Dodgers win it, and Dave Roberts get one. It's every year the Dodgers have been in the World Series, I've liked the other team just a little bit more. And yeah, that goes with the Houston Astros in 2017. I think a lot of people were rooting for them at the time. That's true. But that's just the thing, they've always been kind of behind somewhat of America's sweetheart. I guess not everyone was cheering for the Boston Red Sox at the time, but I don't know. It goes to show you do get a little bit of a soft spot in your heart for a team that always tries to get there and then finally does because it does mean a little bit more to them.
0: No, I'm with you there. Um, so we we mentioned, I mentioned the one fun fact about this World Series already that Corey Sear became the first shortstop in baseball history to win the MVP of the World Series. This World Series also had more pitching changes than any other World Series. I got to tell you, it didn't bother me much at all. and I, I I'm bringing this up for a lot of different reasons, right? I mean, you can see you can see the the smooth transition I'm making into Blake Snell getting removed from the game or why Nick Anderson and not Diego Cassie right like i'm I'm setting all this stuff up for you. But I do think that it's important to talk about the Dodgers and the Rays this way because this was, I mean, this World Series was computer ball, right? There, there are no two more analytically based teams than the Dodgers and the Rays. I'll do a Hawk Harrelson for you, right? Like, there might be some just as computer, just as analytically modeled, but well, there ain't anybody more, right? Like that's, it's the Dodgers and the Rays. This was math ball.
1: I'm curious to know if last season broke the season before that for World Series with more pitching moves because that just seems like a graph that will just constantly go up and to the right. Um, Same thing with length of games, too. It just seems like that's the type of world in baseball and playoff baseball that we're living in. But, yeah, I mean, it goes to show you how you said the two teams that are playing math ball, all the outrage that happened yesterday because of Blake Snell being pulled by Kevin Cash, How about the game prior when Clayton Kershaw was pulled, who you can say it now, the best pitcher on the planet now that he performed in the playoffs, now that he has a ring, and he got pulled, yeah, with a few more pitches, but less innings pitched and with nobody on. I mean, that's the type of baseball that was going on with these two teams. I do have a lot of thoughts on the whole Blake Snell move, but you got to keep in mind the same thing, practically the same thing happened in Game 5 and it worked out for the Dodgers.
0: Well, see, this is the interesting part of the Blake Snell decision, right? It's the one that failed, so it's the one that's going to get hammered. I, Blake Snell got to go deeper into games than most of the Rays starters. They were already extending him as, as it relates to their script. The Dodgers were as scripted with their starters, you know, not not their openers, not like Tony Gonsolin or anything like that, but, like, you know, the, their actual... By the way, they won a World Series with an opener. Th- that's that's going to get just tossed into the wayside here, I think. They won a World Series. The Dodgers, with Clayton Kershaw in that rotation, won a World Series. And beat the Rays
1: by doing with it. With an
0: opener. It's insane. Um, but I... I The Dodgers were just as scripted with their starters. Like Each one faced 21 batters up until Kershaw's last start. Blake Snell went deep into that ballgame by Rays' starting standards. I get that... Well, first, Blake Snell's allowed to be pissed. And Kevin Kiermaier's allowed to be pissed. And everybody on that Rays team and everybody who wanted to see Snell go deeper is allowed to be pissed. But I don't think the decision is about taking Snell out... It's about who came in afterward, and why Anderson comes in with, with velocity ticking down over his last handful of appearances, that the exit velocities coming off of the guy were skyrocketing, why it's him and not a guy like Diego Castilla, their closer who they had shown a willingness to chuck into that game early all series long, all postseason long. I, I, I don't know why that's not the decision that's getting you know pilloried here and taking Snell out is is the surface-level kind of conversation, at least from my perspective. There's going to be a lot of old hats who are yelling and screaming about, oh, you can't take the starter out like that. And that's a conversation to to have. But let's not allow that to prevent us from looking into the actual strategy that both teams were using all six games.
1: Cody Bellinger was interviewed after the game, and he talked about – how the entire dugout was very surprised that Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell in that situation. And then Bellinger joked that, yeah, we said, well, the plan was to get him out in the sixth inning, and and we did our job, boys, ha, 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 even though we really didn't do anything, like sarcastically saying that. So I think the move benefits the Dodgers just a little bit that way, too, because you you get that extra kick in your step, oh, new guy, new pitcher, here we go, it's a one-run game. But I'm totally with you. It's it's the numbers of Anderson that just don't add up in the World Series. He, a 5.02 playoff ERA coming into that game. Opponents were hitting 283 against him. Babip of 286. He'd given up at least a run in the last six innings.
0: They were barreling this kid for three nights.
1: <laughs> and you you take a gritty explosive Dodger lineup like that that only needs to play for one run that's where I agree with you it's its about who replaced him rather than the act of pulling Blake Snell I'll say this though so with Tyler Glass now maybe they didn't give him as many innings in his starts but they gave him more pitches than Snell in every single one of Glass now's playoff starts this season and no one looked as sharp as Blake Snell did from the Rays rotation in game six on Wednesday. So that's where I get a little confused. But when it comes down to it, and I've said this before, I just think it's, it's the severity of the game. I don't know if he does, if Kevin Cash does the same thing in game two. And I'm sure he'll tell you he would, and I'm sure that's what the Rays' plan is because it, it's just the way that these managers manage in the playoffs right now. No one wants to make the wrong decision of leaving a guy in at the wrong time, and it's Game 6, your backs are to the wall, it's do or die, you have to do whatever you can. So if he has to use everybody in that bullpen and get you to Game 7, no matter what, he can do that. But I really do think, whether they admit it or not, I think managers are just a little bit more likely to make a controversial move with their bullpen as the World Series goes on.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think You know, another thing here, too, Mookie hit the homer in the eighth, right? So, Blake Snell was never going to pitch the eighth. Mookie still got you. What Kevin Cash's decision to pull Snell did not lose the World Series for the Rays. It didn't help them win that particular game because of who he brought in, my opinion. And in everybody else's opinion, it certainly didn't help them win the game regardless of who was coming in. And that's fine. But the Rays didn't really score against the Dodgers all series long. I mean they they got to a game six by virtue of one of the craziest and best games I have ever seen in my life in game four with all of the Randy Arrozarena nonsense. I mean that was that was amazing. I mean that was Game four is is a top five. I mean other than watch you gotta take if you're a White Sox fan, you take you have to Just by virtue of objectivity, you have to take all the 05 World Series games and put them in a different bin. And if you're a Cubs fan, you have to take all of the 16 games and put them in a different bin. Although I think you could argue that given the way Game 7 of the 16 World Series ended, I think nationally speaking it probably would be in a top 10 World Series game category. Probably top 20 for sure, depending on your locality. But Game 4, Dodgers-Rays...
2: It's like a top five game I've ever seen category
0: game.
1: The Dodgers gave me a lot of the 04 Red Sox vibe when they came back to beat Atlanta. And I, I get it, it's an easy comparison when you're down a lot and coming back. But I just I felt of how good of a team they were, how to overcome the Braves. On paper, they're a better team than Tampa, and I get it. Tampa had such a great playoff run, but still, they went to Game 5 against the Yankees, and they went to Game 7 against the Astros, and they nearly went to Game 7 in the World Series, too. But I just I, I kept thinking, the Dodgers are a hotter team. They're a better team. I just see the Dodgers owning this series. And if you take out I mean, if Game Four goes how it's supposed to actually go and that whole chaotic thing doesn't happen, the Dodgers win that World Series in five games. So you, you do have to yeah. keep that in mind. But thank God Game Four did happen because it was absolutely splendid. You 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 bring up what can you compare it to? And I forgot about this until I just I saw it on Twitter. But in 2013, with the Red Sox and the Cardinals, where Alan Craig trips over Will Middlebrooks at third base, and then that whole thing happens about, no, he's out, no, he's safe. Yes. Joe Torre comes in with the entire umping crew and explains, no, the umpiring crew got this right. But still, game four tops it a little bit, just because it went from, oh, 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 Oh! Like, there were so many different things that happened. The bobble in center field by Taylor. Okay, it's a tie game. Now a throw home. Oh, he's a dead man walking. Whoa, he slipped. Oh, he didn't catch the ball. Oh, my goodness, what a freaking game. And to top it all off, it was on Saturday night, too. So hopefully that gave a nice shot of adrenaline to possible baseball fans. But, yeah, I'm very glad we got game four in that World Series, even though... The Dodgers end up winning it all,
0: and and the lead changes too. I mean, there were three lead yes. changes after the sixth. I mean, that was ab- I mean, it was a bananas baseball game. It was absolutely crazy. And just one more thing here. I I get Taylor gets the error, and I get Will Smith gets the error, but how in the hell is Max Muncy throwing that ball behind his catcher on a relay throw where he's the only guy in the play that can see a Rosarania is down? He could have walked it there. What? That's it. That should be three errors on that play. There should be three errors on that play. I think Jansen's more to
1: blame than Muncy because if Jansen's covering home plate like he should, that's that, no doubt, no
0: doubt. He should be. He should absolutely be covering it.
1: A Rosa Reina's either going to get caught in a rundown or just just. Ha- I mean, no one can convince me otherwise. I've seen other people talk about it, but Jansen. And if you watch Jansen on the whole play on the whole review, he's just honestly thinking the game's over right then and there. He's not doing a single thing. He's he's got a he's got a cover behind home plate in that instance. A Rosarina's out if he is, and
0: he's not throwing a cutter on that pitch in the first place. How are they going away from cutter when he's when all the all at bat long he's been owning with that cutter and then he throws the four seam fastball and he gets taken out to center field and the the dude, Brett Phillips who hits it hasn't played in like three weeks it was eleven days. But my God, what a. What an incredible game.
1: It was his first postseason hit, first career postseason hit, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, Brett Phillips is a fantastic dude. I mean, he's been a fun guy to watch ever since his laugh went viral when he was one of the Brewers minor leaguers. But it just always (laughs) felt like he got moved from the good teams, like he got moved from the good Brewers team and then the good Royals team. But the fact that game four also, the Dodgers were a strike away from going up 3-1 in the series – and then ended up tying the, or being in a tied series 2-2. Two to two. I thought it broke them. Like the, When the series started, even when the Rays won Game 2, I'm like, I, I really want the Rays to win, but it just look, looks like L.A.'s too good of a team. And I go, all right, Game 4 might have broken the Dodgers. Anything can happen right now. And they were able to prevail. So, again, more of the reason why they're the better team.
0: So, we started this season talking about how 2020, we, we figured 2020's World Series winner was going to feel like a real World, world Series winner. And I'll be honest, I put that out there at the very get-go, and it's been challenging to continue feeling that way, at least for me. I don't know about you, but it's been challenging to think that way the entire time through, whether it be with, with COVID suspensions or not everybody playing the same amount of games or just honestly, Joe, like as life has happened, as all of the the stuff that's happened to us and people and our families and you know we've had people go into and out of hospitals. some of us have lost people it's It's been hard truly to ascribe the same kind of meaning to this baseball season as one normally would and and certainly, you know the things outside your life don't necessarily comment on a baseball season, but when it's when it's something like this, when it's a pandemic like this, it's really difficult to not connect the two things. I do think though that for people who who really who cared about it enough to look at twenty twenty and wonder whether that was going to be a real world series winner or whether it was going to be something different? You mentioned the gauntlet the Rays went through. The Dodgers played a bunch of good teams, and you finally you ended up having the Dodgers and the Rays, the two best teams in the league, in 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 many opinions. That, at least to me, that was somewhat comforting. Like for a moment, until we found out Justin Turner tested positive for COVID, it was it was somewhat comforting to know. That we had the best two teams playing at the end of this, and maybe that was a a treat we all as baseball fans kind of got to nibble on a little bit.
1: Okay, so in 2016, Cubs with the best record, they win the World Series. 17 had happened to the Astros, I believe. 18 had happened with the Red Sox. 19 wasn't quite the case with the Nationals, and and now it's the case with the Dodgers. I'm okay with that. I I am totally okay with that happening in baseball or in any sport, really. I mean, as long as they win it fair and square. But the crazy thing is, it breaks this narrative that we and many other baseball fans talked about of expanding the playoffs and having a best-of-three play-in round. I mean who knows maybe does that just weed out the teams that have a good regular season record but can't play in clutch situations or something like that I'm not totally trying to zone in on the Cubs right now but that's kind of what it's coming down to but but again like if the Dodgers are the best team in the in the in baseball I'm okay with them winning the World Series and part of it does come down to like you mentioned Mookie Betts being a difference maker in this World Series I'm I'm clearly not a baseball GM, and clearly those people know a lot more than me and many other regular baseball fans. But when Moneyball came out, I was like, yeah, great movie, very interesting, very cool way to think about building a team. And I know it's been said, but the A's haven't gotten past the NLCS since they won the World Series in 1989 or so. There's something to be said about those guys that you pay extra money for. The superstars that make a difference in a game, and I'm not saying it's going to be the case every time, but it was definitely the case with the Dodgers and Mookie Betts this year. I mean, again, the Dodgers got to the World Series and may have gone to Game Seven, but Mookie Betts was still a difference maker in Game Six with that extra home run for insurance in the eighth inning. Yeah,
0: and who knows? You know, maybe the, maybe the Rays are poised to get even better. You know, if you if you look at where the Dodgers are. Um, you know they've got Clayton Kershaw in the last year of his contract. Justin Turner probably won't come back, and that has nothing to do with his his COVID situation. He's just he's 36. He's going to be a free agent. Um, the Dodgers have Gavin Lux on the way up. They have Corey Seager. They've got they've got a lot of people. Um, but the the Rays, my God, Willie Adams played a really good season. Granted, a lot of strikeouts. But they have the next two best position players in baseball coming out of the system in the coming year, uh, in Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan, I, I believe is how you Brujan, right? How you pronounce the last name?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: they're supposed to be both of them uh, individual second comings, right? I mean, they're just they're supposed to be that kind of good. That offense was, I mean, shoot, man! If you look at the opportunities with men in scoring position, y- you were looking for guys like G-Man Choi, who was a don't get me wrong a delight to watch throughout the playoffs. G-Man Choi going first to third is one of the sneaky, most underrated fun things of the 2020 World Series. But they've got G-Man Choi coming up in those situations, and the Dodgers have Mookie Betts coming up in a couple of those situations. And, I mean, you kind of see how that works out. Still, I, I don't know... If I take the Dodgers over the Rays for the next three or four or five years, none of that matters because baseball is baseball and guys get hurt and pandemics happen and all that kind of stuff. But I I really like where the Rays are at as a franchise.
1: Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I don't know how to really approach it. Um, and don't get me wrong. My previous statement wasn't to say this is why the Dodgers beat the Rays in the World Series because of these moves but you see how much of a difference maker those types of guys can be and we've seen it in past World Series we've seen it with you know getting John Lester for the Cubs and helping them win a 2016 World Series and and things like that those those big guys are going to make a difference because how many times have we made the argument oh who would you rather have in a playoff game someone who someone who's having a good year or Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw is the better pitcher, but, oh, he hasn't been doing well in the playoffs. Now that narrative is gone with, guess why? Because Clayton Kershaw did his job, and he, he's been the same guy, let alone the results haven't been the same. He's been the same guy. In terms of looking forward, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to, you're the Rays are going to be sexier because the payroll is low, a, a lot of good young talent. But I don't know. I mean, there were just a lot of things that happened well, for the Rays, I mean, Randy Arosarena is a guy that the Cardinals let go last year. The Cardinals don't do things like that often, so the fact that the Rays are the team to notice that, pick him up, yeah, you got to get kudos for it. But I mean, a little bit of that's a gamble too, right? I mean, a little bit of that is saying, "Hey, we're putting our trust in this guy," and and it it pays off. I mean, y- you got to give credit to it, but you gotta you gotta call it what it is too. I, I, I was
0: in. I've, I have a bunch of friends who are Cubs fans, and I I, I know you do too. But I cannot tell you the number of times, the number of texts I got from some of my Cubs fans friends that were just like, I am really enjoying this postseason. I really enjoy this World Series. This race team is a ton of fun. But Jesus Christ, am I glad that Randy Arozareña is not a cardinal anymore. My God. And it was more about it was more about watching this guy who who rewrote the postseason record book, right? And knowing that like He's so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to root for the way he played. The whole thing, right? Having like, the Cubs fan has to twist their mind around this really fun player <laughs> and hate him because you have to because he's a Cardinal. Here's another fun fact. Randy Arozarena hit 10 home runs in the postseason. He, he rewrote the – I mean, he was just absolutely fantastic. He is eligible for the Rookie of the Year in 2021.
1: Wait. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yes.
0: His service time means that he is eligible for Rookie of the Year after rewriting a postseason record book. That is awesome to me.
1: I I can't even think of somebody else who might have been in that situation except for Mondesi. Mondesi. Raul sure. Montessi's son, sure. who, who like yeah. made his major league debut in the World Series or something like that. Right. That is bizarre. Because um, everyone kept saying, I, I kept using that line of, oh, Rosa Rain is a rookie. But how? He was with the Cardinals last year. Yeah, but service time. And I, that totally skipped by me. So, wow, that is that's fantastic. Oh, man, what, what a great thing that would be to root for in
0: 2021. Oh, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. Um, so here's a couple of questions that I have. Uh, we'll we'll do this like a, a quick fire kind of thing. Um, where does Justin Turner play next? If it's not with the Dodgers, because my money here, you got to see how some of the free agency you know kind of plinko things fall and whatnot. But I could see an AL Central team taking a chance on him you know like like Cleveland maybe because I don't think Francisco Lindor is long for it I think he's getting moved in the offseason I I wonder if they would try and and make a move like that to staple some things together and yeah and I, I know they've got you know Jose Ramirez but he's played second before and I I don't know They've got the DH spot, and probably everybody will going forward. If you're the Cubs, does Justin Turner look like a full-time DH to you? Because at a one-year deal, he
1: might work. Two podcasts ago, I brought up the idea of maybe the Dodgers going after Chris Bryant. Now, this was more with the narrative that the Dodgers wouldn't win the World Series and get just maybe a little bit desperate and go after a Chris Bryant or a Javier Baez or a Kyle Schwarber. Um, but if if the vacancy is there, sure, why not? I guess that kind of fits the Cubs' mold right now, right? Not so much in a rebuild, looking for some instant offense. How about somebody that can perform in the playoffs, which Turner has clearly shown? Uh, the Cleveland thing makes sense to me too, because he just kind of fits that offense pretty well with being a not so much a free swinger, but a guy that can expand the strike zone and still make contact with and Not to mention how he can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but. Yeah, no, I I would not denounce those two teams whatsoever. Turner's
0: kind of your classic. Uh, if you're a team looking to split the difference, Turner's your guy. You know, if you're if you're not pushing all in, but still trying to win, you're not signing a whole bunch of checks, but you know, still eyeing a competitive roster, Justin Turner might be your guy. Um, if the Dodgers and Rays are not in the World Series in 2021. Pick a playoff team from 2020,
1: that is. All the way to the World Series, huh? Um, Well, I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that well, and I think some of the numbers came out from Vegas, too, right? They've got the White Sox winning 90 and a half games right now. I I keep talking sure about do. how. Sure do. See, this is tough because this is before all the off season moves and who signs who. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll go with the, the hometown nod and say the White Sox because Again, they've, they've got a little playoff experience under their belt. They've shown what they can do as a team already. Let's see what they can do with a, a full regular season. I get it. That doesn't determine whether or not how well they do in the playoffs. But, I, I mean, I'm just going to keep riding with it because I don't know what other way to go. I mean, everyone else, I, I, I can see the Astros maybe going on a downslide now because of all this. I mean, they possibly might lose Springer. Um, so yeah, I'll just, I'll stick with my guns and go with the White Sox again.
0: I, I like the White Sox, obviously. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Um, I, I think I'll take the Braves if only because you've taken the White Sox already and we're removing the Dodgers and Rays from it. Um, and I don't, with the possible exception of the Nationals, you know, off season depending. I don't know that I see anybody from outside the playoff bracket. You know, because it was so large that that's really a, a team where I go, oh shit! You know, there's a couple of things have to go right for them, and then you'd see them, you know, hopping into the ninety win category. I, you know, the the Nationals are a, a weird ball club as it is, but you know, that's that's something that would intrigue me a little bit.
1: I like I like the Braves, like you. Um, and I guess this kind of skipped my mind, but obviously San Diego is a sexy team too to think about. So. I guess that would be my San Diego-Chicago World Series, what they all hoped for this year.
0: Is Trevor Bauer going to be a Padre? Ooh.
1: That's, that's actually probably the most likely destination I would see him. Um, something that—was it you that brought up how he's talked about, how he— Wants to try out just one-year deals or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah,
0: no, he Trevor Bauer has said in the past, and Lord knows when Trevor Bauer says something, I've probably heard it whether I wanted to or not. Trevor, Trevor Bauer said that he will never sign any contract longer than a one-year deal. Um, I that's fine, and I this even this isn't even one of those things where I like I sandbag Trevor Bauer because it's fun. That's that's not what I'm trying to do here. If somebody looks at Trevor Bauer and goes, yeah, 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 but here's, you know, $145 million, and he goes, okay, I'll sign that deal, I am not in the line to say I told you so at all. Like, $145 million is a sum that's supposed to change the way you think about life. Like, that's the point of, of human beings putting $145 million in a sack and handing it to the other person. You're supposed to change the way they think about life. But, I, I mean, Bauer's one case— I saw Bob Nightingale tweet just as we were sitting down for this that the Cardinals declined the $12.5 million option on Colton Wong. And Nightingale was saying, my God, if if this is where, you know, if $12.5 million is too much for Colton Wong, this does not mean good things for Major League Baseball's free agent market. And I, I think he's probably right on that.
1: Yeah, we were looking at his numbers before the podcast and like you said, twenty nineteen he hit two eighty five, uh, three sixty one OBP. His OPS is a little down, but I mean that that's not really what you're going for with him. That that's a guy that's worth twelve and a half million and you're right, that's that's scary if the Cardinals like their chances more with free agency than just having him in the bucket right then and there. Um I, I it's it's gonna be very interesting. And the other thing is a lot of these teams can't really go too forward with negotiations I would think until they absolutely know what they're going to be able to spend how, what spring training is going to look like what the season is going to look like I mean I
0: feel do you get a dh are we get do yeah. we have we have a dh yep. all across baseball I don't know yet I mean I, I got no idea
1: yep. no that's that's absolutely huge um is is it going to be well now I, I clearly they're not going to go for the playoffs missing days off like they were this year. That was kind of a circumstance event. Although I am pretty intrigued that no matter what, the World Series was going to end before November. I mean, it usually bleeds into the first couple of days of November, and here... Baseball was this season. We got to get everything, and we got to cram it all together. And oh, d- d- October 27th, all, all done, all done. I mean, do you normally get those extra five or six days? Yeah, I was,
0: I was scrolling through my, my Instagram feed or something like that this morning, and I think you know it was like on this date or whatever. I, I don't know, maybe MLB Vault or something like that. Like, yeah. on this date, Randy Johnson was making his pitch for 2001 World Series MVP or something like that. I don't. It was just kind of weird to see World Series notes popping up on days where the World Series was done. That just that hasn't happened in our lifetimes often if if really ever um you know ninety four or whatever like that, you know that kind of thing um it's it's I do think major league baseball needs to rededicate uh or or refocus what their schedule looks like and i've and I've been on this for a little while. I just and one should be able to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. But they're not going to. They've got a CBA to negotiate. They've got a pandemic to work around. They've got the Justin Turner investigation to fake. Like, all this kind of stuff is is going to come before they start relooking at a, at a schedule and all this. they got playoff teams to add. I mean, why not have a 30-team round robin and we'll just call that October or whatever. I There's going to be a lot of changes, I think, to this game after 2020. And some will be fine. And... Some I didn't like before, and I, I came to like a little bit, like that whole runner on second nonsense and the extras, and I I, I really came around on some of that shit. But Welcome to the dark side. I know, and it's weird. I, I feel corrupted, but at the same time, like, I should have been here for a while now. But I, I think this game is is set to look very, very different, and not just because of pandemic-induced differences, but because of... of True change to the game that was, if anything, just expedited by the pandemic. Not necessarily changed because of Something it. Something just came to mind.
1: Um, how you mentioned this World Series was had the most pitching changes in history, and to think that's with the three batter minimum rule. Yeah, that's 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 almost astounding. Yeah, I mean, well, you had twenty-eight
0: man rosters, you know, so everybody. You know, you're carrying more. You're gonna use more. You can be quicker with the hook at the beginning.
1: Yeah, but but still, I no. Mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. You're... I, I yeah. I mean, it just it's like the math makes more sense to me the other way because it's not like you're getting more innings for more opportunities for those pitching changes. You said the runner on second rule is is the one you got accustomed to. I was already on that side. I actually was okay with the three batter minimum rule, and I get it. That was gonna happen whether or not there was the COVID pandemic. But I still would kind of like to see that rule be eliminated in the playoffs just because then you get that power on power matchup. I get it, that's really going to make games longer than they already are. But I don't know. I just, I I like that idea of it being different in the postseason and and having more of a meaning in the regular season. Like in the postseason, you've got those viewers. You've got those viewers already. So there's really, you don't need to perfume it up when it's already a very beautiful product.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think. I don't think baseball fans are leaving the World Series game because it goes on too long. But the fact that they do go on a long time needs to be considered. And quite frankly, the fact that each one of these games started as late as they did, and you've got the Rays in the World Series on the East Coast, you got to look at a whole bunch of 8- and 9-year-old kids who all they want to do is watch, you know, G-Man Choi or Randy Orozarena, you know, just a bunch of young East Coast baseball fans that you're trying to get into the game anyway and you got to look at each one of those kids if you're mom or dad and go "Sorry, it's the 4th, but you have to go to bed and I'll tell you who won in the morning." Like, "The hell with that." Start these games earlier. Dodgers fans can deal with it. It's much better to have to rush home from work and miss 3 innings even than it hell Dodgers fans are used to not showing up to the third anyway, right? Like, "The hell with it. They'll be fine." <laughs> you it is much better to miss the first 3 then have to go to bed for the last four. Believe me, I've been there. It it just you gotta start these earlier. You just have to.
1: I I'll I'll say this. Can't you see a scenario where if there's a postseason game on at 4 or 5 and let's take the Dodgers for circumstance, and then the Dodgers make a pact with, like, companies that buy tickets for big group outings, and then, hey, after work, we're all going to the Dodger game. Like, that's where they get more of their money anyway, right, for the big packages than single-game tickets. So, hey, maybe this is how baseball can benefit from it because I agree. I mean, some of those games, some of the early playoff games, those rounds, I mean, what were the Braves playing at, like like 7 o'clock? Central Time, so eight o'clock, and then ending at midnight. I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it, it really was. I, I really hope we're in a scenario next season in, or, or 2022 where we do have big groups of players, or rather, big groups of fans going to games and and sitting and everything. It was. I don't know. It, it wasn't too weird to see all of the fans at the game for me, but I think it's only because I. I worked very hard to not think about it. I guess <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine from college was there with his wife, who's who's um, they're having their first kid, and you know they're there at the World Series because they live in Texas. Neither of them, I think they're both Brewers fans, or at least he is. Um, but he's there at the World Series with his with his wife, who's who's going to have their first kid, and you know there they are in a in, in a big area that's ostensibly outdoor, but they got a. I know and they know now that there was a positive COVID test right down on the field, and you can talk to me all you want about likelihoods of, oh, of course, Justin Turner didn't pass that to them. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. He probably didn't. But it's the decision-making process that gets us there and gets everyone else to make their decisions that that just kind of drives me nuts and, and just still feels incongruous, I guess, with, with playing these games in front of a whole bulk of people that want to watch, even as even as badly as I want to watch a
1: game. I still think it would have been a much cooler slash more iconic picture if Justin Turner is standing just a few feet away with a mask on, World Series picture. I mean, that would be talked about for ages, and everyone would know who it is.
0: Yeah, it would be the Hall of Fame photo. That'd be right there at the start of the 2020 exhibit. You could start it with that and end it with uh, the text chain, like screenshots of the text chain from the Marlins. They were like, ah, it's fine, we're all good. (laughs) That's gonna do it for this episode of Baseball From Home. We've got more for you throughout the off season. We promise you that, we just have to make the plan. So our homework is sitting down and figuring out what the hell we're gonna do with the next couple of podcasts. And your homework is to subscribe, rate, and review the pod. He's Joe, I'm Connor, this is Baseball From Home.